Promise Church, how you guys doing? Woo! I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. We're grateful that you're here this summer. And uh, if you've been around a while, you know that a lot of people take the summer off uh, from church, which is a horrible decision. Uh, but a lot of our folks, about 20% literally are on vacation every weekend through about the 1st of July, and then everybody gets back. But in the summer, if you're going to be gone, get, uh, hook up on our online campus. We do 52 weekends. That means 52 messages out of 365 24-hour days, which means the world gets a lot more playtime in your mind and your thinking than the kingdom does. And so I want to challenge you to stay connected but we're thrilled you're here, and summer is a great time. And what we're doing this summer is we are preparing for when everybody is back in the fall, and we take an explosive move of the Spirit of God that is going to be incredible. So because of that, in this new series we're beginning this weekend called I Am Faith Promise, we're going to look at who and why and what makes us who we are as Faith Promise Church. What's our differentiation? Why is God doing what he's doing? What are the things that we use to make all of our decisions, which are the values where we're going? So throughout the series, I am Faith Promise. How much you got t-shirts that say that? We're gonna spend one weekend on each of our six values. We're gonna encourage and challenge every promiser to live out the calling and commitment that Christ has called us to in this community. Because here at Faith Promise Church, we are called to be a part of a community that helps real, with real, find real, and we want you to know that. You say you say that all the time. Well, there's a lot of reasons. First time, you got to say something about 20 times before you, we get it. And secondly, because people come so infrequently, and we know that by the check-in numbers of the kids, because don't, you don't have a barcode that we scan you when you walk in the worship center. I wish that we did, but we don't. Many of you would say, Mark of the Beast, I'm, you're going to hell. So we're not... <laughs> We're not doing that, but we just, we just, we gauge kids' check-in. And so it's just, it, it is, it, so it's just a, it's a big deal. So we have to repeat things because repetition is the mother of education, right? And so that's what we do. So we don't come and act like, what well, you know, act like something on the weekends. To come and act like is the definition of a hypocrite. A hypocrite, the etymology of that word is an actor on a stage that holds up a mask. That's not who we are. It's not what we are. We're raw and real. We're not afraid to engage issues and topics that face us, that face our culture, society. It's not, it, we're not afraid of those. And there's no question that the Word of God teaches clearly that through Jesus is the only way that we get some of the most important things that our heart really longs for, like true healing. Real healing only comes through the power of the Lord Jesus. And I'm not talking about necessarily physical healings. I'm talking about heart healings. I'm talking about soul healings in the depth of who we are. Forgiveness, that we are forgiven. And God said, I will throw your sins as far as the east is from the west. And see, once we realize that God has forgiven us and there is no condemnation at all that those who are in Christ Jesus, we then can forgive ourselves. So some of you guys are walking around beating yourself to death over things that you had done that are sins. Stop it. Forgive yourself because God's already forgiven you. Penance is not a biblical term. 
Jesus suffered so you don't have to. Are you with me? He paid for all of our sins. And so, man, I walk around beating your forgiveness, acceptance in the beloved, in the family of God, peace that passes all understanding, freedom, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there there is freedom. He who the Son has set free is free indeed. Only real freedom of the shackles of this world come through Jesus' lasting joy. The world may get a little respite every now and then when all the circumstances are well, but only Christ's followers can God prepare a table for in the presence of our enemies while we're walking through the valley of the shadow of death. So whether you're online this weekend, whether you're at one of our locations, we welcome you. Hey, God behind bars, we love you guys. Excited to have you with us this weekend. You picked a great weekend to come and be a part of what God's doing us. So doing with us. If this is your first time, welcome. We're thrilled you're here. Make yourself at home. Amen? Come on, just make yourself at home. We love you. We're thrilled that you're here. God, as we begin to dive in this weekend in the most important topic of all the Bible, would you open our eyes and our hearts and our minds? Would you, would you impart the truth of the Word of God? Or would you give revelation of where we really stand in this utmost of, of highest of values and God, what you say matters the most. So God, we ask you to move in power in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. see, what you put first, you value the most. Would y'all agree with that? What you, hey, listen, you can't have three most important. Three is plural, most important is singular. Doesn't work that way. Come on, grammarians. So what is the most important thing? Actually, what is the most important thing in your life is either your God or it's an idol. So we have six values of faith promise. They're posted at all of our campuses, but the first value supersedes all of the values because all of them flow from that, and that is we put God first. At faith promise promisers, we put God first. We don't just want to pass through a worship event, grab a T-shirt, put a car decal on, and, and you know that's not what we're about. We want to be a part of changing the world. Is that, am I right about that? Y'all want to? I know millennials want to make a difference as much as or more than any generation before in America. We want to be a part of a community who loves us for who we are and what God is doing in us, not just what we can give. Many of us want to be a part of really helping others find God's real love. Is that true? So it's impossible if you have things in the wrong order. And so God clearly defines the right order. We just finished the series Launchpad, helping the next generation launch and families. In that, we sort of built the series around the Shama, which is in Deuteronomy 6. Here who is, the Lord God is one, and you shall worship him. You shall love the Lord God with heart, soul, mind, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. Jesus taught this often. In fact, it's in three of the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, all record Jesus teaching this. Typically, when Jesus dealt with this passage, he was talking to religious people. So he's dealing with, and by the way, the religious people are still with us. East Tennessee is hyper-religious. Would y'all agree with that? There are churches on every corner. Man, we are hyper-religious. Now understand, though, that on any given Sunday, 97%, I mean, 93% of all Knoxvillians that live in the city or the county are not in anybody's church. Only 7% are attending Today, actually less than that, it's summer. And so 357,000 of the 440,000 Knoxvillians are connected to no kind of church. That's the real deal. 
But if Knoxville would loved God first over being religious, we wouldn't have prejudice in East Tennessee. We wouldn't have bigotry in East Tennessee. We'd be a different community if we just if we punted religion and we put God first in everything in our lives. Come on, somebody help me, man. <clears throat> And so Mark is dealing, and he and Peter, an eyewitness account of what's going on. So we pick it up in Mark chapter 12. We're going we're gonna to hang in this passage of Scripture this weekend. One of the scribes, who's a lawyer who deals with the Levitical law, came and heard them arguing. Jesus and the religious leaders are having an argument. And recognized that he, Jesus, had answered them well. And he asked him, what commandment is the foremost, the primary that is above all others, <clears throat> that matters more than anything else. What's, what is the most important? And it is a timeless truth that what you put first in your life is what you value the most. Would y'all agree with that? So it, it's, either a God, it's either God or it's an idol, what we put first in our life. So let me ask you, promisers, what is first in your life? What is foremost? What is primary? What do you value over everything else? Let's pick it up. Next two verses. Jesus answered him. What's the most important commandment in all the Bible? Jesus said, that's very simple. The foremost for is, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one, and you shall love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all of your strength. He said, that is above everything else. Now, many of you know this verse because you've been around church, but what I love about Faith Promise is there are a lot of people here who don't have a faith background. And I think that's incredible because I remember as a 22-year-old going to church, having a clue about anything about this Bible, I mean nothing, and hearing biblical stories for the first time. I remember the first time I heard that Elijah prayed fire down from heaven. I said, no way. I read where Jesus stopped a funeral and raised the guy out of the coffin. I said, are you kidding? It's blowing my mind. And I'm reading this stuff, and it is, it's, it's exciting See, the problem with us is a lot of us have all the red licked off our sucker when it comes to the scriptures. <laughs> we now make the Bible boring. I still read it with a thrilling excitement. Are y'all with me? Just thrilling to get in the word of God. And so, because it's an, exciting, it's an exciting thing. So you new people, man, you are in for it. The greatest thing is when you enter faith and you begin to learn some of the stuff that God has done. It is a radical, wild ride. Now, Jesus in this passage realizes that this scribe, he, he, he heard Jesus. Now, the, most of the religious people never heard him. They missed it because they were so engaged in their religiosity that they didn't love God. He wasn't first. Let's go to the next couple of verses. The scribe said to him, right, teacher, you've truly stated that he is one and there's no one else beside him. And to love him with all the heart, with all the understanding, and with all the strength and love of his neighbor as himself is as much more than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. See, the Pharisees and the scribes, they worked in the temple. <clears throat> and the most important thing were the burnt offerings and the sacrifices. They were so busy doing the work of God that they forgot the God of the work. And let me tell you, it still happens today. That we get entangled in the ministry and we lose the master to the ministry. Does this make sense? See, we know loving God is important. This guy said, it's the devotion. It's the loving God. Samuel said, to obey is better than sacrifice. So here's the deal. It is not knowing that God is first. If you really believe that there is a God, then you know he should be first, right? 
That's just intellectual integrity. I know God should be first, but putting God first, that's easy preaching and really hard living. That we put God first before everything, that we love him foremost, before the cares and concerns that fill our minds every day, before the people and all the things that, that, are, that are there, before all the tradition and all the ministry that stretches our soul. See, we put God before everything if he is primary, if loving him is more important than anyone, anything. And here's why God says that. If you're listening, say, I am. Here's why, because of this, that when we put God first, everything else falls into place. But when God is not first, everything else gets so screwed up. When we prioritize our faith and where it needs to be, when we prioritize our family and what, listen, mom and dad, listen, if you love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, your kids are gonna know it. And when you put God first, the Bible says when your kids are old, they will not depart from that kind of faith that loves God more than athletics or academics or UT football or making money or your 401k. When you love God before everything else, that is contagious to your kids and they're gonna come back and get some of that if you love God more than anything else. So see, it's, it's primary in your life, in your ministry, in your career. How do I put God first in my career? You could do it. That's why at Faith Promise, we give you small, simple, directional steps so that you can every day put God first. That's why we gave the bookmarks out, seven simple steps to do this year. It's not just something to do. It's to help remind you, to refresh you, to renew your mind in the perspective of living a life where God is first. Because when God is first, it changes everything else. Now, Jesus is, when we began this passage, Jesus is arguing with the religious leaders. What were they arguing about? Well, they were arguing about the commands. See, we have the Ten Commandments, right? Then we have all the Levitical laws that God gave Moses. And then the scribes and the Pharisees wrote another book called the Talmud that had 600 additional laws that you had to keep those 600 so you can make sure you kept the others that were actually in the Bible. Does that sound like an easy task for anybody? Aren't you glad Jesus died on the cross and broke the curse for us and the law? Man. But one of our challenges at Faith Promises, we can come here and look around and begin to believe that this is Faith Promise. All the buildings and all the cool stuff and the lights and the music, the creativity and all this stuff. No, no. I am Faith Promise. You are faith promise. Every building we had could burn down tonight and we'd all still be faith promise. Are you with me? I am. It's not buildings. It's because I love God more than anything and I want to be an example of his love to the world. Now, let me tell you, this is sometimes very difficult because the, the devil is a master at deception and misdirection. That's what a magician does. He gets you looking right here while he puts something right there you never saw. So you guys know Michelle and I are getting ready to sell our house and my mind is sort of wired that I like projects. That's like projects. I love starting them, I don't like to finish them. <laughs> but I love to start them and then give them to, that's why Josh White is an incredible executive pastor. I start something, he finishes it. It's incredible, we have a wonderful relationship. And so, and so every day I come to church, I do work here, I go home and change clothes and I start painting walls or doing doing this, putting hardwood down, boon tile, all that kind of stuff. Well, and it's a great thing why we're gonna sell a house, we're gonna downsize, why? So our kids can never come back home. That's why we're doing it. <laughs> and so we love them, we just wanna love them at their house, not ours. 
And so we're going to downsize, be debt-free, which is what I pray for you guys all the time, that everybody in this, everybody in this family would be debt-free. But here's what's happened in the last two months. Are you with me? If you're listening, say I am. So I get up in the morning, I go to my home office, man, I get my journal, my Bible, a big, big thing of coffee, man, and I'm pounding on heaven. I'm interceding for you and your family and your kids and ask, let the Holy Ghost heaven sit in revival fall. Yeah, I got to stop by Home Depot on the way home. I got to pick up that light fixture. I'm sorry, God, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Lord God, would you move in our worship? Would you get so, would you become so thick at every campus that we have to have church under the chairs? God, would you move it? God, behind bars. I wonder how much more paint I need. Let me, tell you, let me tell you what's going on spiritually. The old man, the, the, my old nature, is trying to slowly nudge God off the throne and bring itself back up as primary. Does that make sense? See, we're, and maybe projects don't affect you, but it's something else that wants to slowly boom, 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 nudge God off so that it can be number one. Does that make sense? And that's why it's so easy to get hooked in religion and, and not be loving God. It's just what happens. So when we, when we put God first, God shows us the way. Man, do you, need, do you need a greater sense of purpose or greater calling or greater clarity on what your next move is? When you put God first, he orders your steps, the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. But your word is a lamp to my feet and a light into my path. You want to find a community where you're accepted and loved, you put God first. In our theme for this year, New Rivers and New Roads, out of Isaiah chapter 43, verse 18 and 19, that we're going to travel new rivers and new roads. The, in context, that passage is dealing with Israelites leaving Egypt, of 400 years of slavery, and coming to move to Israel, and how God would make a river in the wilderness to, to provide for them, and a road around the wilderness to show them the way. Actually, in that transition from from Egypt through the Sinai Peninsula to Israel, God is a pillar of cloud by the daytime and he's a pillar of fire at night so that they can travel in the dark and not get lost. See, when you put God first, he will show you the way. You need a little bit more clarity in a confusing world, you put God first. See, the internet doesn't have the answers. Putting God first puts things in place. Does this make sense? You need, if, you want to, if you want to guide into the future, you need the guide that's already paved the road. The roadway in the wilderness said, Pastor, I don't see any way out. God's going to make a road. God, I don't know, the, you know, Pastor, I don't know that we can get by. I don't know we have enough. God will provide a river for your provision. See, if God can lead 2.5 million Israelites through the desert, he can lead you. If God can lead them through the Red Sea and drown the, in, drown the enemy's army, then God can drown whatever's chasing you down. Are you with me? Whatever addiction, whatever anger, whatever. going. See, putting God first, you gain the proper perspective. Why? Because we live in a world that's moving faster and faster. Sit down with somebody that's between 70 and 80 years of age this week and say, hey, will you tell me the difference in the pace of life between you when you were a kid and today? And they will rock your world. You won't even believe what they tell you, how America was 60 and 70 years ago compared to how it is today. It is hurry, scurry, run, 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 faster and faster. There needs to be more distractions and too many problems and too little direction. So what do we do? We, man, it seems so hard to fit faith into our already tightly jammed schedule. It's, what do we do? Can I tell you? See, putting God first isn't something to fit in your busy schedule but it is the filter in which everything else goes through to gain the right perspective. 
Soon you put God first, you know what you should do. And putting God first, you know what you shouldn't do. And I don't even mean sin issues. We all know we shouldn't do that. I'm talking about there are great things that you have an opportunity to be involved with that God does. That's a no for you. Are you with me? Just because there's a need doesn't mean God is calling you to fill it. The need never justifies the calling. Hey, God, where do you want me to serve? We need 400 new people to serve as, as, as volunteers at Faith Promise Church to get ready for the revival. God, is that me? Do you want me to do that? Where do you want me to serve? Putting God first is a filter through which your schedule and everything else goes through. So let me ask you a question. Are you putting God first? Are you putting him first in your family, in your ministry, in your calling, in your career, in your scheduling, in your budget, in everything you do, are you putting God first? See, in Jesus' most famous message, which is called the Sermon on the Mount that he preached hundreds of times in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, but seek ye, not second, not third, first. Red letters, by the way, in Matthew's gospel, means Jesus said them. Seek ye first his kingdom. You put God first and his righteousness. You love God most and all these things. What are these things? What you're gonna drive, where you're gonna live, what you're gonna wear, what you're gonna eat, your 4013B. Will your kids go to college? What, but what, but what? And I'm worried and worried and worried. God said, all these things will be added to you if you get the right order, which is God. Where? Where? Then he's gonna take care of everything else. Does this make sense? See, here's the, why don't you listen? If you're out front, you can't follow. If you get onto an airplane and you look in the cockpit as you turn, turn left and there's a cockpit, you look in there because it's a cool place to look. The dude on the left is the pilot. The dude on the right is the co-pilot. So in my quiet time, all the time, I say, Lord, you take the left seat. You're the PIC. You're the pilot in command. You're my commander in chief, and I'll follow you today. So you've got to duck, you know, duck, drop, and roll. You've got to surrender. You've got to let God get in the driver's seat, and you've got to get in the right seat. You've got to let God, because you know what? He's the one that's made the roadways, and he's the one that's made the rivers, and he knows where we're going, and life will be better if you will get out of the stinking way and put God See, there's a difference between knowing and surrendering, between thinking and trusting. Putting anything before God shows that you don't trust God. Because what you put first in your life is what you trust the most. In the next weeks, we're gonna look at five other values, but all those values will ferret and work themselves out of the number one value of faith promises. We put God So how do I know, Pastor, if I'm putting God first? I'm so glad you asked. Thrilled about that. Go back to the, to the bookmark that we gave first of the year. Many of you, we gave away tens of thousands and thousands of people committed to do seven simple steps. Number one, I'm gonna get in the water this year. If you've been born again and, and you have not been baptized because baptism is post-salvation and you haven't been baptized, it's the very first step of obedience. And Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey my commandments. So loving God means, so are, have you gotten in the water? Number two, are you in the word? Let me ask you a question. How many of you don't lie? Come on. Could be lightning in the room. And the non-liar next to you might get struck because you lied. Are you with me? So, so how many of you are still on the Bible reading plan with me? Come on, let me see the hands. Okay, now, that's not many. So our plan is not the best plan, but do you have a plan? Listen, this is not a great plan. God, I got three minutes this morning, so I'm gonna, I got a word. 
He gave away all of his goats, okay? <laughs> this is not how you study the scripture. Are you with me? You have a systematic plan. You say, because so much of that Old Testament's boring. Well, it's types and shadows of what God's gonna do in the New Testament, Paul said. But if, on our plan, we do an Old Testament, New Testament, Psalms, and Proverbs every day. You're gonna find something good every day. So do you have a systematic approach to get in the Word of God? Because see, if you love God, you're gonna love the Word of God. Okay, you didn't like that? Good, okay, I don't care. Listen, I'm responsible to you, but not for you. I'm gonna give you God's word today and you can like it, lump it, or leave it. It doesn't matter to me. As your pastor, I'm begging God that you will. But you can live screwed up and jacked up if you choose not to put God first. I'm smiling. <laughs> I love you. Are you in the word? Or do you get in on the weekend? Are you faithful to the house of God? Are you in a group for discipleship, to grow closer to Christ? We get motivated, inspired when we sit in here in rows and sing and we preach, but we get transformed when we sit in circles in the living room studying the word of God together and praying. Now, are you in a ministry? Get in a ministry. See, when you were born again, you were wired to serve, but if you're not serving, you are not fulfilled as a Christ follower. He said, I, I have prepared good works beforehand that you should walk in them, Ephesians 2.10. What about getting on generosity? Are you bringing the tithes into the storehouse every week and showing God, giving him the first part that he's primary? Or getting others in? Are you bringing folks to the house of God? See, they're just simple steps. When we put God first, everything falls into place. Does this mean your life is gonna be perfect? That your yard will never have weeds and the neighbor's dog will never crap in your yard? No. Because we live in a fallen world, even though we that are born again, the curse is broken over us, but we still live in a world that is that is cursed. And we worry about so many things that never happen and then we want so many things that when we get them, they're unfulfilling. Are you with me? When you put God first, God first, man, it, it's gonna be reflected. We, you know, we have schedules, we have budgets, we have designs to get where we wanna go. Those things aren't evil, we have those. Faith promise, we use those. Schedules and all that stuff. It's not demonic or evil, but it's when you let them get in the way. So. If God's not first, then this even ministry can become a distraction. Getting your house ready to sell so that you can be debt free, that's a, great, that's a great thing. But if it becomes a distraction and pushes God off the throne, then it's a bad thing. For us and our debt, distance us from our destiny as Faith Promise Church. So when we put God first, we discover our purpose. We discover what matters to God and who matters to God and why we do what we do. When we love the Lord, our God, with our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and we love our neighbors as ourselves, we really become real people. And we see real problems, and we, do the, we, we express the real love of God. Does this make sense? Are you, are you okay? So let's go back and take a look at the scribe one more time. The scribe said to him, right, teacher, you have truly stated that he is one and there is no one else beside him. And to love him with all your heart, with all your understanding, and with all your strength, and to love one's neighbor as himself is so much more than burnt offerings and sacrifices. And when Jesus saw that he had answered intelligently, he said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. I just so when I read that, there's so many times Jesus said, you're close, you're close. Maybe you're, this is your first time or you've been coming, kicking the tires of faith, thinking about what would, be, what would it be like in my life if I chose to follow Jesus, if I chose to 
to put God first. Maybe you sang some songs that put God first. Maybe you prayed some prayers that put God first. Maybe you tried to apply some ideas that you've heard here to put God first. But the question is God first. Is God first in everything? If you're married in your marriage, if you have kids and raising your kids, in your ministry, in your money, in your budget, in everything. See, the scribe was close. Maybe you're just this close. We want to invite you this weekend to go ahead and step all the way over the edge and follow Jesus. It's a, it's a relationship. It's not a religion. Religion doesn't work our way into loving God. Loving God works our way into loving God. A relationship that, you know, when I first met Michelle, we weren't in love. But as we spent time together, we fell in love. And we spent all these years together, we love more, each other more today than we ever have. Why? Because we're intentional. So we encourage people to do intentional things. To draw so that they will love God first. Amen? Would all of us be better, our lives, if we put God first in everything? No question. When the Holy Ghost is your senior partner, life is going to be better. So we're going to pray a simple prayer. If you're ready to open your heart up to Jesus, to turn from your old life, to take yourself or something else out of first place and put God, then he's ready. So with every head bowed, <clears throat> every eye closed at all of our campuses, pray this simple prayer. me. say, Dear Jesus, I know I've sinned, I know I've failed, and you've not been first. Forgive me, come into my heart, be my Lord, be my Savior. You died for me, you rose from the grave, I will follow you. Help me put you first, above everything else, in Jesus' name. And all God's people say, all God's people say, Come on, every weekend, people are for the very first time saying yes to Jesus. Now, here's the deal. If you just gave your heart to Jesus, if you're online, you can click right there. You can go to our chat room. The rest of you, if you'll pull our newly redesigned, more simple card out, just pull it out. If you prayed with me, put your name, your phone number, your email, and just push right there. What is your next step? I'm making a first-time decision to follow Jesus. Or I'd like to be baptized. Maybe you got saved today, you need to be baptized. What, whatever, or maybe you got saved, you got baptized as a kid, but chose to follow Jesus later. Or I need to go to next steps, find out how to get more connected to Faith Promise. Sign up. It's next weekend at all of our campuses. Don't miss it. Or, you know what? I'm interested in serving. There are 400 of you that God's already calling that you should be checking this card. Or I... I'm ready, to, I'm ready to join a group. Help me find a life-giving, disciple-oriented group. So if you'll fill those out, and in just a minute, when we, when we give the offering, if you'll just drop these in the offering buckets. If you're a first-time guest, the only way we ask you to participate in this offering is just drop this card in. We don't need your money. Faith Promise is a generous church. The people that come here regularly are the ones that fund the vision. If you're a guest, we don't care about your money. We care about your heart. So just put the guest card in. And then when the service is over at every campus, go out to the foyer, we've got a free gift for you. T-shirts, some other stuff. We're just ecstatic that you're with us. That's why we keep adding campuses and services so more people can come and experience real love, the people that have real problems. So we challenge you to take the next step. Now, Faith Promise, we're, we're generous. Have you guys noticed in the last week the bombing that's gone on in Israel? The escalation of violence. There's been over 100 Qassam rockets that have fired from the from the West Bank over Gaza into Israel. Be careful when you hear the news talk about Israel because anti-Semitism is on the rise like it was pre-World War II. 
You go to Europe, it is violent already in Europe against Israel. And people all around the world stop me and say, hey, why do you wear that? Why do you wear that Star of David? Well, I wear that Star of David because A, I'm pro-Israel, B, because Jesus, my Messiah, was the son of David, and I wear the cross over it because I follow Jesus with everything that I am. Are you with me? But because, amen, give him praise. But this week, the siren goes off. That means you have two minutes. You're in a 10-4 building, got two minutes to get down the steps, get out and get to a bomb shelter. Many of those bomb shelters that people have run into all this week, as you walk in, there's a plaque right there that says, presented to Israel by faith by your friends called Faith Promise Church. Because you're generous, people's lives were saved in Israel this weekend. Because we are a generous church. Come on, man, that's exciting. And so whether this will be your first time giving or you've been giving for 60 years, whether you gave online this week the way Michelle and I do, or you give through the kiosk, or you text your offering in, or you mail it in, or you give it in the offering bucket, man, it is making a difference in the world. God, would you take this offering and use it for your glory? Because we put you first. We want to put that money where you want it put. God, we want, to, we want to see you work in radical ways. God, I pray those who have given for decades, you will bless. And those that this is the very first time that they will, that they will give, God, that you will bless their socks off, God, because you promised a blessing when we were faithful. So, Lord, we ask you to move. We ask you to receive this offering as a, as a sacrifice of praise worthy of the God that loves us. And as we give this weekend, we show you, God, that you're first in our finances, in our families, in our ministries. God, we love you with everything we are. Help us to live it out in this 21st century. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, come on, give him a shout as we get ready to give.